Welcome back to your two favourite best friends who just chat shits about horror. Yay! Exciting. Yay! I know. I, I am one of your hosts, B, And I am the other host, Meg. Hello. This is going to be a weird one because we're recording this pre the episodes that have come out before. Yeah, it's a weird order we're doing. <laughs> it is, but when you listen to this, you'll realise why we're recording it so early because we can't record the episode before this now. <laughs> yeah, because we just released our Stranger Things Volume 2 for Season 4 episode. So it is June 25th right now. Obviously, Stranger Things has not come out. We just had our um, Stranger Things recap and then our review for the second half of season four. But today we are talking about something super, super exciting. And I'm sure you guys will know from the title that we're going to be talking about one of me and V's favorite movies today. We're going to be talking about Shaun of the Dead. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm, we're just so excited for this because we adore this film so much. Yes. It- but it's a classic. Before it's a classic. before we get into that and before we start oh, gushing yes. over Shaun of the Dead, I need to gush over the movie that I just saw last night, which was Black Phone. Wow, the I know that you haven't seen it yet, but I think that this will be one of your favorite movies of this year. Oh, oh, that's exciting. Go on, give me a spoiler-free synopsis. Go on, Okay. Well, (laughs) obviously it wasn't as good as X. I mean, I'll just go ahead and put that out there right now. But it might be my second favorite movie of this year. It was very dark. I mean, obviously it is from the same director that gave us Sinister, and it's based on a Joe Hill short story. So obviously, you know, it's going to be a little bit dark. It was super gnarly in some scenes um it was very brutal and i liked that you got not only the story of the grabber which ethan hawk did such a tremendous job um but you also got a little bit of supernatural elements in it which was fun but i think my favorite part of going to see that last night i went with val and trevor And it was a packed house. Like, there were so many people there. And um, we sat in, like, one of the first two rows. So we were super close to the screen, which, honestly, I thought was kind of fun because the the sound was, like, smacking me in the face. But there was a group of teenagers in our row. And they were, like, a few people down from us. And legit, every time there was a jump scare or anything, this girl just let out a blood-curdling scream. (laughs) And I know that that might annoy some people in theaters when people are loud or there's a rowdy audience, but honestly, I don't care. I was laughing the entire time, even though it was a pretty dark movie. I think that you'll really, really like it. Um, the children actors in this movie were phenomenal. Um, I'm super excited for you to see it. Oh my god, I'm excited to see it. I was going to see it the weekend that we're recording this episode but unfortunately um due to family circumstances basically dad's been in hospital mum's got covid 
um, and I was planning on seeing it with them. Unfortunately, I have not been able to see it this weekend, but I hope that next weekend, which will be the first weekend of July, I can go see it. Oh, I so, so hope so. Um, There were very evident um, homages that um, Scott Derrickson put from his previous movie, Sinister. When I saw them, there are two ones that stick out in my head. It won't spoil anything for you, but like there's home movie footage kind of shown at one part. And I was like, obviously, that's from Sinister. Um, But also there is and you've seen the trailer for the black phone, right? I have. Yes. So the room that um, Finney is put in. Um, has the there's like a red line across the entire wall and I'm pretty sure that is from the sinister poster where he's standing there and there's that huge line like drawn across the wall yeah I looked at Val and I was like is anybody else seeing this shit (laughs) (laughs) am am, am I insane am I going crazy um but i think that you'll really really like the character of gwen which is played by madeline mcgraw um she's super cute and fun she is a more toned down version i feel like um of mimi from psycho Gorman. so i think you'll like her nice okay i i was sold on the film before but i need more stuff now let's go yeah so i liked it um I thought it was fun. I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Yeah, well, I will definitely let you know when I go to see it and what I think afterwards. We'll probably have to do a FaceTime after I go see it so we can just go, Oh my God! Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Are you ready to just absolutely just be fangirls over Shaun of the Dead? Um, I was born for this, I think. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm just, I'm just in love with Simon Pegg in general. And I think it definitely stems from watching Shaun of the Dead. I think this was one of the first things I saw Simon Pegg in. Because, you know, British cast, British director, it is just a staple in british homes like even if you don't like horror you've most definitely if you're british have seen Shaun of the dead oh yeah absolutely i mean so this movie came out when we were pretty young it came out in 2004 so i was like six you were probably like seven this i think was probably one of my first like horror films that stick out in my mind i saw this when i was super young and it was the first simon pegg movie that I saw and I adored him and Nick Frost in this movie and I think that it's just the trifecta the Edgar Wright Simon Pegg Nick Frost it's just when you know and see those names coming together on a movie you know it's gonna be good oh a hundred percent and I I don't know if they thought it was gonna be as popular as it is they didn't (laughs) they had no idea (laughs) no and i read that this um was basically nick frost's first film he did 
because he met um, Simon Pregg when he was a waiter and they became very good friends very fast. And he became an extra on Spaced, Mm -hmm. which was the TV show that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg were doing. And then they they created Shaun of the Dead, which then set off the Cornetto trilogy. Yes. So you had mentioned that you don't think that they thought that this movie was going to be very popular. And that's true. The production company that Edgar Wright was working with kept cutting their budget for this movie. Um, So it ended up this budget was six million dollars and it went on to do 30 million. They had no idea that this was going to explode the way that it did. I mean, Edgar Wright, like, basically went broke making this. He had to ask his friends for money. They basically, at every corner, were shutting him down. They didn't really believe in it. And, I mean, time has gone on to say that this is, like, one of the best movies of that period of time. I mean, it's been featured in Bloody Disgusting. I mean, literally... Everyone knows that this is a good movie, whether you're a horror fan, a comedy fan, or just a fan of films in general. Like, this movie has become a phenomena, almost. And it's, Mm -hmm. you Brits keep winning, as you like to say. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you said it, but I think this film definitely helps Edgar Wright become the big household name that he is now. Oh, yeah. He's got such a distinct style, and that's why I think he's so beloved as well, that he's just stayed true to, you know, what he likes, what he's passionate in. And you can definitely tell from Shaun of the Dead that this was a film made with love. Absolutely. And I think that that's why we love it so much, is because the creators really had their heart in this film. Mm-hmm. And it's one they of probably the whole Pudusi in it. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> this is one of I think one of the first British movies that I saw. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, that seems like such a cool place. Um, it does <laughs> seem like such a cool place. I mean, but is it accurate? Like, is that pretty much how you guys are over there? Um, <laughs> definitely the way um some of the characters speak to each other and popping around to a corner shop just to get an ice cream is very accurate so yeah there is definitely accuracy in this film of like some sort of british life obviously not the zombie element but oh god i hope not (laughs) now i will say i think this movie came out at a really good time because the early 2000s i feel had so many zombie movies like this was peak zombie movie craze and this one i think just cut through the crowd and through the noise because it's comedy element. Yeah, exactly. Like when the big zombie craze was happening, it was all so serious and all taking itself like way too literally. And then these British goofballs were like, let's turn it into a comedy, you know, for funsies. And it worked massively. Yeah, I mean, I know that this obviously is a callback to Romero. It's called Shaun of the Dead, which I read somewhere that originally was supposed to be called Tea Time of the Dead. Um, And I'm so glad that they did not stick with that. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it didn't take itself too seriously. No, no, it didn't. And we're very grateful that it didn't. And, you know, Edgar Wright is a comedy genius. 
And then you've got legends like Simon Pegg in the lead role with very well-known actors basically being the supporting cast. Obviously, they're well-known in the UK, apart from um, the regal gentleman that is Bill Niley. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was looking at the cast, I isn't someone from Doctor Who in this? Honestly, it, you're not truly British actor if you haven't been in some sort of a Doctor Who episode. See, that's a fandom that I was never a part of. So whenever I read that, I'm like, damn, all these people really were on Doctor Who, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously you've got... Um, so halfway through the film, when the zombie apocalypse is hitting and they're trying to make their way to the Winchester, they bump into this alternated group mm-hmm. and you see a very familiar face to everyone now. The Martin Freeman. Yeah. He's now a big time Hollywood star. And mm-hmm. he was just a supporting actor in this. He was just like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, for a just, second. I'm here. No. <laughs> I will say, I love the opening sequence of this movie. Like, I think one of my favorite things about this is the foreshadowing that this tells. Like, as I rewatched it, because I watched it the day after we came back from Nashville, and I was super hungover, and I was just laying there, like, really in the zone with it. So much is a callback to what's going to happen, but also rewatching it, I like seeing the people in the crowd shots you can see like when they're standing on the bus and when he's on the bus like people are obviously have already been infected in some sort of way they're zoned out they're not really paying attention and I just love that you get that creepy feeling from the very jump oh yeah and with the music as well which um basically um there's a certain technique I can't remember what it's called but where you play upbeat music over video that is in a way menacing so uh, the opening theme for this is very iconic like i just have it on loop in my head some days when i'm just like (laughs) stood there waiting to go to work and it's just like is that how you feel well yeah it's very interesting it's kind of the opening scene feels like um, a social commentary as well that everyone is just kind of zombified by everyday life and then they become actual zombies they legit come zombies. I totally get what you're saying by that. I think I've ridden a public transport train one time, but just the the look on some of those people's faces was absolutely hysterical to me. But I do also like that they don't explicitly give you information on like what started it. Like when he's in that store, they say something about a mystery illness, but then on the radio it says that there was, like, a space probe that had re-entered the atmosphere and, like, I guess exploded over England, which I think is a Night of the Living Dead reference. But I like that it's still kind of a mystery as to how that all got started because some zombie movies kind of, like, Resident Evil, they give you like the entire backstory of how we got to this point. And with Shaun of the Dead, like we don't necessarily really know, and I don't think that it really matters. No, and I think that's kind of resemblant for you know when illnesses come up these days, they don't really know where it's come from. 
they try and pinpoint it but even when they try and pinpoint it they still don't really know where this illness has come from or how it was created so it was definitely a nice take on the quote-unquote zombie infection whereas you know even now zombie programs zombie films they're just like let's give you all these details of like how you know they were doing these scientific experiments and then something went wrong and then they went rabid and tried to (laughs) fight people and it's just like great thanks very much but can't it's it's more scary if it's left unknown yeah no i 100 percent agree and from the very jump their first scene together you can tell that simon pegg and nick frost are like the dynamic duo oh they're friendship in general is just goals but the friendships they portray on screen feel so genuine and not forced because they are friends already so yeah like when he sits down to play with him and he's like don't you have work and he's like and just gets ready i felt that yeah yeah and then obviously it's not just um, Simon, uh, uh, well, Sean and Ed in this house. They've also got their other housemate, Pete. <laughs> God. <laughs> when when <laughs> I first watched this movie, you assume that they just live together because, like, also, I feel like living with two best friends would be so chaotic. So I also understand his frustration and, like, how he would get upset with that you just assume that it's just them because who would want to live with them (laughs) (laughs) exactly and pete is the typical london businessman just very stern very strict does his day job goes home sleeps then repeats does his day job goes home sleeps oh that sounds not fun he was like really big too like he looked he towered over everybody i felt like he's a very tall man the actor um peter yes his his name is peter and his name his character name is pete he is six foot three and a half damn so he is a big boy he's a big boy he is a big boy and he has also gone on to do some really big things um as well it's just amazing this film came out in 2004 and a lot of these actors have gone on to do big big films like um peter i'm not gonna say his surname because i'm gonna absolutely butcher it (laughs) but you'll know who i'm talking about he was in um john wick chapter two Mm. um he was in guardians of the galaxy yeah oh yeah he was Um, yeah he's been in so much since then he was in the tick tv series as the tick which is kind of like a really weird superhero yeah okay it's a guy that's called the tick he um did the voice acting for a character in bob's burgers um he's been in the simpsons Rick and Morty, he's 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 done a fair bit. He has done a fair well, bit. Good like on him. Most of these actors and actresses have. Good on him. But yeah, he's a very tall man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a big dude. Um, one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie, and I hope and pray to God that it's yours too, is the breakup scene when 
there in the Winchester, Sean has those big ass wet eyes and Ed does everything in his power to make him feel better. Like he's such a true friend. Oh yeah. Like you can definitely tell Ed is definitely that best friend that is just like, oh fuck that bitch. You don't need them. You're good with me. Just stay with me. Yeah, don't forever. worry about it. Like we can just chill. We can kick it for the rest of our lives it doesn't matter but he will do like anything in his power I feel like to also make Sean feel better in that moment because he knows that his friend is hurting so like that was so sweet of him but I laugh every single time when they're making up those stories about the bar patrons and he go he calls that lady a cockicidal maniac I what when I was younger I was like man is all these stories that he's making up true and then as I've gotten (laughs) older I'm like no he's literally just pulling this out of his ass trying to make him laugh oh to be honest it's quite a normal thing to do I think here like one, I I am a very much a people watcher. I love to observe people. Same. I, I, but one of the best things about that is coming up with these little scenarios in your head of like, why are these two out? Are they on a date? Are they breaking up? Oh my god, is she gonna go to prison the next day? <laughs> like you come up with like these little scenarios and stories in your head as to why these people are out at the same time as you wait but can we do that when we meet each other can we go to a bar and people watch yes absolutely <laughs> we can <laughs> but this is also the scene that where they say oh it's not the end of the world and then they see like their legit first zombie and it's like huh at the door and they're like we're closed but from there, you know, shit's gonna go down. Yeah, it's also, I think, isn't there a scene of them, out, well, when you see the pub for the first time, and you see this couple kissing outside, and then when they're leaving the pub, that couple is still there, but you see that one of them is actually eating the other one because they've been infected. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything, I feel like, is a little callback to what's already happened or it's foreshadowing Mm. for what is going to happen but yes that scene when they're leaving the bar absolutely annihilated shit-faced and that zombie is participating in their song that they're singing is honestly so good it's genius (laughs) it's just like the little nuggets of joy like you you know shit's gonna go down, but it's the little nuggets of joy that just happen throughout. Yes, and zombie movies I feel like can be so tense and like make you feel very anxious because it's impending doom. And like there's so many of these things that you're trying to escape, whereas like, you know, in a ghost movie it's a ghost, or in a vampire movie it's a vampire. Like there's it's a horde of these things coming after you, but Edgar Wright knows how to break the tension so that you're not constantly like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Yeah. Which I think he does carry on through his other pieces of work that he's done. Um, Absolutely. But-, but this is the scene where they wake up Pete, right? When they come home and they're being super loud playing their, is it techno music? <laughs> yes. yeah and he pete whips the record out which 
is a foreshadowing for the garden scene that happens in the morning. But when I rewatched it, I caught that he said to Ed, go live in the shed, you thick fuck. And literally when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh my God, he literally told you what's about to happen. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which when you watch it for the first time, you're like, mm. but then when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, it's a different kind <laughs> of like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That scene made me laugh really hard because I feel like I've been in both of their positions. I've been the person that's super drunk being loud and I've also been the person who's been woken up. So like I can't see it on both on both sides. I've only been on the part where I've been super drunk, come home and I think I'm being the most quiet I've ever been and then you walk up the stairs and it's like <laughs> Open door. Bam <laughs> I I felt like that in our hotel after our show that we went to go see I was I kept telling them I'm like I'm sorry if I'm being really (coughs) loud right now they're like you're whispering bitch like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) but as you said the scene the next morning when they're both extremely hungover thinking that Pete's already left for work oh my god and then they see a girl in the garden lady in the garden yes and i love that we see mary in the beginning as the cashier and apparently she works at the landis supermarket which is um like paying tribute to john landis who did american werewolf in london which i thought was pretty cool but this is when you get like the first taste of the zombies yes you saw them at night but obviously they were backlit so you couldn't really see what was going on but this is when you see like the first legit zombie but I also read that after this movie came out they created a comic book that gives you it's like a prequel to Shaun of the Dead it gives you Mary and her actual life and then how she became a zombie which I thought was pretty cool because she is a very iconic zombie in this movie Oh, yeah, because they think that she's just a drunk lady that's just ended up in their garden. <laughs> and then <laughs> LOL. they think that she's just trying to get handsy with Sean. But really, she's technically is, but she's also trying to eat him. Yeah, she's literally trying to eat him. I love when um, he goes to get that camera and he's trying to take a picture of them. Had they known that that was a zombie, could you imagine if she literally bit him? That would have been the end of the movie right there. I'm glad she didn't. But the look on their face when she fell through that pole and then got up, hysterical. Yes, yes. And then they're like, something ain't right here. No, it's not. And then we get another iconic scene where they grab Sean's record collection and just start chucking at her her, and they're just going for the records like this one no this This one one? no this one yeah throw that one solid yeah i like that that was their first choice like not go and get like a knife or anything they were like let me go get these records seems very solid but i mean do you have solid decision making skills when you're hungover after a night out no absolutely (laughs) not absolutely not no I just normally go back to bed and I sleep the whole day. That was literally me last weekend, though. (laughs) 
And I like how they're like flipping through the channels super quickly um, when Mm. that's happening because wouldn't you want to know what's going on? But also those news stations that they're flipping through end up making a sentence about people getting eaten. Yeah, which is a very clever way of doing it instead of them just, you know, when you watch zombie movies that you get everyone huddled around the TV, turn on one news channel and they're just watching the whole thing and like these live footage of, you know, helicopters going over, watching all these zombies eating people. So it was definitely a nice take on the news breaking sort of thing. Yes, and I love that Sean is a planner. Like, I am Sean. He made this plan to go get his mom to get Liz and like go to safety even though it does have to be revised a couple times but do you agree with Sean's plan would you have gone and done all that I mean I definitely think I would be the Ed in the situation where it's just like why do we have to do all these stupid things why can't you know Liz broke up with you why can't you just leave her yeah that part is the one thing that I'm like, Sean. But, I mean, he was with her for, like, three years prior to all this going down. So I do see why he had that sentimental attachment. But I still don't understand why the roommates had a tag along. Liz's Mm. roommates are horrible. And I could not stand David. So I'm glad he got eaten. But when they're making all this plan and they're talking to the mom, when... Ed yells, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Um, I had <laughs> shown Val um, Night of the Living Dead, and she looked at me and was like, oh, that was a callback. I was like, yes, I'm so proud of you. You got it. You got the <laughs> reference. Which apparently they showed um, Romero. They screened it for him early, and he didn't even catch it. Like, he just thought that it was part of the scene. When they told him, they were like, did you catch that? He was like, oh, I literally just thought that was part of the movie. Like, I didn't even realize that you guys had done that to be silly. Like, I just, it fits so well. And that is fantastic writing where even the person that you're referencing doesn't even catch it's a reference. Yeah, exactly. Just gotta love it. Just gotta love it. But why did they choose blunt objects? Listen, right? When you're in a stressful situation, you're not always going to think the most properly. Like, yes, Sean is the planner. However, they're bumbling idiots. (laughs) So is this why we are, like, I'm Sean and you're Ed? Like, I feel like if we live through a zombie apocalypse together, this might be how it went down. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes, yes, definitely. I I definitely would be Ed, 100%. (laughs) Well, it sucks because both in their friendship and our friendship i feel like neither one of them have big brain energy <laughs> i know 100 percent. i don't like if i'm in a stressful situation my brain just switches off and it's just literally monkey chimes just going ding, 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 ding. <laughs> i feel like i have my shit together most of the time and then when the situation actually comes down to it i'm like ah so oh yeah i do feel like it is pretty accurate but yeah I don't know if I would have planned to go get my ex's roommates as well. I'd be like, fuck you guys, well, you're on your I don't own. Even f- yeah, I don't even think that Sean wanted to take Liz's roommates. He just literally, the plan is, take the car, go to mum's, 
kill Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint and wait for it to all blow over. Which they didn't kill Phil either. Not until they really had to. Yeah, exactly. So technically the plan in a sense did work out, but there were some holes there. There's always going to be holes in plans when you know you're dealing with a zombie apocalypse. Oh my fucking god. And I can't believe that Ed crashed the other car. It's Ed. (laughs) It's Ed. It's Ed. There is no rhyme or reason. We, even though there isn't a lot of like in depth like background to the characters, you know what type of people these characters are off the bat straight away. They're fully fledged characters without them having to write such an intense in depth script for them. Like you said, you already know the type of people that they are. And same with, like, Liz's roommates and Liz as well, which you can see when they walk past that other group. Yeah, they're, like, character types, but you already immediately can think of a person that's like that other person. So smart. Exactly. And these characters also don't need, like, some sort of tragic backstory as well. Yeah. They're just (coughs) Which a lot of zombie movies do. Like, you've got a dad whose family has been killed by the zombie apocalypse so he's out for revenge or he's looking for his missing daughter like that sort of shit or they've ended up in a coma and when they wake up a zombie apocalypse has happened while they've been in this coma which i i would like for us as a society to stop using that story please thank you for the love of god can we stop writing movies where somebody's in a coma and they wake up and some crazy shit has happened yeah isn't it 30 days later uses that for the main character Mm -hmm. the walking dead uses that for rick kill bill kill bill it's just it's one of those tropes that has just lost its impact because it's done too often i think that the best one that we just mentioned i do love kill bill and I'm not a Walking Dead fan, but I think that the 28 Days Later was probably my favorite use of that trope. But we're getting off on a tangent now. But <laughs> yes, I'm glad that this didn't have some stupid storyline for our characters or for the whole film in general. Yes. Now, I was very sad about Sean's mom. But when he catapulted himself over the fence with that children's trampoline, how did he not hurt himself, number one? But, like, how was there enough time for all of this to happen? Movie magic? (laughs) Suspension of disbelief. Okay. Yeah. And, like, why would she keep it hidden for so long? Because he's already seen Phil die in the car. And he's already trying to make sure that the people in his group you know survive that sort of thing yeah survive so she definitely wanted i think to make sure they got to a safe place and that it seemed like everything was gonna be okay to then reveal that she's been bitten and that she needs to be put out for misery i feel like the entire character of barbara she was just disassociating the entire time she was like everything's fine everything's gonna be great nothing to worry about here bless her heart 
typical British mum. Just like, honey, don't worry about me. It's going to be absolutely fine. Don't you worry. And then it's just like, <laughs> sorry, got bit. I was about to say, is that how Miss Elizabeth is? Oh, yeah. Like, the world could be ending. Well, <laughs> world could be ending and she still go to me. It's like, mm, could be fine. Could not be. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the quintessential British mum. Love that. Yeah. But I, I think it's just a British attitude. It's just like, <laughs> It's what it is at the end of the day. That's that's why I feel like truly I was born in the wrong country. <laughs> because that <laughs> I I'm like, okay, well, here we are. Yeah. Shit just keeps happening. But <laughs> we move. We're gonna be fine. I really enjoy that they decided and that it was feasible. For them to study the zombies and walk through the mob to get to the Winchester. Like, I feel like that could not have been done in any other zombie movie. Just make yourself look like them and it'll be fine. Yeah, because obviously they've got Maggie who um, is dating um, David. They're dating, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's a actress or she's a wannabe actress. So she gets them all lined up and she's like, right. You go. Show me your best zombie. And it's just like... "Mm." (laughs) They take it so seriously. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, did Ed? Did Ed take it seriously? Does Ed take anything seriously? Uh, No, Ed's basically the quintessential, like, water for ducks back sort of thing. Like, shit happens. I'm just going to go with the flow sort of thing. I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, I'll do it on the night. It'll be fine on the night. <laughs> and they're like, this is the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to do it now. Right now. And I like that these are slow zombies, but they're still scary. Like, that's the type of zombies that I like. I don't really like fast zombies. They got me all sorts of fucked up. Like, when it's a fast zombie movie, I'm like... <laughs> yeah. But it's almost more menacing that they're slow yeah um they're slow but when they're in a horde together like they're really packed in it feels like they're the most dangerous when they're in a pack yeah exactly like you can watch them slowly just encroach on you it's very menacing Mm. and these zombies were scary too like i liked the how their eyes were Mm. Which, when people have, like, no eyes or they're, like, white eyes, I feel like it's super freaky. Yeah, because you can't see the life in their eye anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's now just snuffed out. It's gone. There's nothing behind there. Yes, and some of the zombies in the crowd were people from the bar, people that we had seen before, which was good, but they were also, I don't know if you said this, like, fans of that show, Spaced. Because the budget was so small, just fans of Spaced were able to become these zombies for a day, which I would have, if I got to be like an extra on a movie from the creator of my favorite show, I would be all for it. Like, you don't have to pay me. This is enough as is. Yeah. And I don't care how long I have to be on set, anything like that. As long as I have that moment to be around one of my favorite creators. That's that's all. That's enough for me. That's all I need. 
it's just the experience i don't need any money it's just the experience i like that sean like he's a take charge type of dude like he was just like i'm gonna distract this mob of zombies when they couldn't figure out how to get in and the fact that david broke that fucking window oh my god like everything about his character made me so mad the look on your face right now (laughs) i just wanted to punch him constantly i he's a prick and you know the character is well written when you really really want to punch him in the face yes it's like sean may have been planning to do this all along like we didn't have to break a freaking window no no because then it literally comes to bite him in the back later Mm-hmm. It sure does. But the scene that gives me the most anxiety was the breaker scene when Sean actually gets in there. Holy shit. Like, that gave me mad anxiety because Sean knows that they're fucked in that moment. Like, up until now, I feel like he's like, we'll figure it out. Like, we got this. It'll be fine. But I feel like in that scene, you see the person who is supposed to be our leader just be like, oh, shit. Mm. But also, why did Ed think it was a good idea to just be blasting music? Although, I do like that it was Queen. Just why? (laughs) Because I think Ed is definitely that kind of person that doesn't think anything is a serious situation at all. And you can just carry on how you normally were. Like, he was just acting like he was, it was any other day at the pub sort of thing. God bless him. (laughs) sweet little ed but i feel like the winchester to them was supposed to be this like safe space and it just gets completely shat on i mean he knows that these zombies have followed him and then he turns around to find out that his mom has been bitten and like thinking about it like this is her first encounter with liz and liz is the person that she shares the secret with and it's really rough like that is a pretty hard scene to watch and again i will say this until i'm blue in the face fuck david he is such an asshole yeah like when um is it before barbara dies or as barbara dies david immediately gets the gun points at her yes it's just like we we gotta we gotta shoot her we gotta shoot her and obviously simon well simon uh sean has just lost his mum. he's trying to deal with what to do next the grief of just watching his mum pass away and then you've got fucking moronic David pointing a gun at your mum even though she's dead, she's alive, she might be turning. He needs uh, just a moment to figure out what he should do. He needs a moment to like process how he's feeling and David's not giving him any sort of time and like if that was your mom like you would need a freaking moment like she's not fully a zombie yet but like you know that she will be but you just got to come to terms with that and apparently when they were filming it when you know the scene where he does end up shooting his mom like Simon Pegg was crying because he was trying to picture like this happening to his real mom and Comedy Central used to show this movie on Mother's Day and I remember that one year we all watched it together like even though my house had seen it and I just remember my mom looking to me and just flat out saying like this is so fucked up that we're watching this right now (laughs) (laughs) What a feel a great feel good Mother's Day movie. 
Thank you, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. <laughs> I definitely don't think that was in their intention, but hey, Comedy Central, you you absolute genius bastard. I was about to say, you took it and ran with it, so kudos to you. <laughs> but we also in the Winchester get payback for all the shitty shit that he has done. We get a death scene for David that is so gory. I love it. Honestly, when it happened, at first it was like, <gasps> and then it was like, yes, rip him to shreds, rip him to shreds. And then obviously Diane has has one of his <laughs> ligaments and she's like, I gotta go after him. And they're like, you're fucking stupid. He's gone. And then she just goes out charging with his she's ligament. She's so in her stupid. Hand. Like, so stupid. And, and he's in love with Liz, and you're literally sacrificing yourself to quote unquote save him. Girl, they just literally ripped his intestines out of his body. And mm. I know that that was like an homage to um, a scene in Day of the Dead, which just continues to go back to Edgar Wright making almost like a love letter to these zombie movies that he has seen and loves. But yeah, she, both of them are so stupid. So I was kind of glad that they were killed off because I'm like, you guys don't deserve to go to the end. If Phil and Barbara had to die, you guys are done. (laughs) Well, you say that Diane actually doesn't die. So there um after Sean and Deb was released, um I think it's either on the How did extras she survive? on the de- <laughs> There's um an extra, there's like a little clip like video that has her narrating um with the comic, um, a comic being shown. And basically it's just like after I left the Winchester with um, David's ligament in my hand, I climbed up a tree and survived. And the army came along and I, I was just like, well, what do I do now? Oh, my God. She. Yeah. OK, well, whatever. I'll give you a pass this time. Is her name Diane? Yeah, Diane. I'll give you a pass this time, Diane. But I'm still glad that your stupid boyfriend died. Fuck you, David. Yeah, fuck you, David. Ew, David. <laughs> but I was super sad that Ed got bitten. And of course it had to be by fucking Pete. Of course it was Pete. Of course. I it, it was just I wouldn't say it was a nice moment, but it was definitely um a karma moment for Ed. Absolutely. For basically being on Pete's tits the whole time. And making Pete's life a misery. But also it's like you guys should have taken care of business when you figured out that he was a zombie. Yeah, exactly. Because he it's like, literally going to come back to bite you in the ass. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was definitely sad. But the I think the saddest scene for me was definitely Sean and Ed's final conversation in the cellar oh my god watching sean have a breakdown down there was really rough like he knew that it was over and it was really rough but i'm glad that obviously ed made it a little bit lighthearted because he farted (laughs) that would be me in the situation like yes i may be dying but i'm gonna sprinkle in some comedy in there i'm gonna make it fun but i did see that um which I've never played these games, but apparently the switch scene where they found the, um, I guess, lift 
to the street was a nod to Resident Evil. Because I guess in the games, they find a switch and they have to, it can only be illuminated by a lighter. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, Resident Evil games, obviously in horror games in general, to bring in the atmosphere, it's very dimly lit and you have to use, you know, a torch or a lighter or make some sort of light for yourself. So it was definitely a nod to Resident Evil and those sorts of games when they had to basically illuminate this thing they need to find with a very small bit of light. Yeah, no, for real. Now, I will say, I feel like they could have ended it at the cellar scene, like when the zombies broke in, but I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that they gave us a a solid ending for this. And I feel like we don't get that from a lot of zombie movies. Like most of them just end without like any hope or end of this zombie apocalypse in sight, but like they get saved by the military and they learn to cope with what just happened. Yeah, they learn to live with it, which, you know, is very weird now looking at it Hmm. because that's what our governments are telling us to do with COVID is basically now we have to live with it. Yep. It's here and we we don't know how to get rid of it. So we basically have to keep living with it. And (laughs) one of my favorite scenes at the end of this is the clip of the um, supermarket worker with the, the zombie supermarket worker with the trolley. Like, oh my god yes the trolleys. <laughs> that was really funny and um like you said very on brand for our governments to use us as like slave labor even if they're undead like very on brand even back in mm. 2004 mm-hmm. yeah why have mindless living people when you can have mindless dead people working for you i mean they probably don't pay them mm. So it literally is slave labor. If they- what, what are they going to do? Create a union? They can't talk. <laughs> B, if I ever become a zombie and I get like into slave labor, please just put a bullet in my head. I'll, I'll travel all the way to America just to do that for you. Thank First, you. Oh, well, I mean, it wouldn't be too hard for me to get a gun when I come over there. No, there wouldn't because guns have more <laughs> rights than women do. So that's lovely. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 Can you hear the salt <laughs> in our voices right now? <laughs> yes. This yes. isn't a political podcast, but I mean when it fits. When it fits, it fits. Let's let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but V, if we lived through a zombie apocalypse together, you and me, and you were bitten, I would totally lock you in my hot pink shed and put some video games out there for you. Please. Or just leave just leave zombie movies on a loop. <laughs> I'll just pop in some movies for you. That's fine. I'll, I, why We can do both. Um, but I yeah. legitimately do have a hot pink shed. It is kind of infested by wasps, so I'll have to clear that out before you get there. But, you know, <laughs> I got you. You've got time. You've got time. <laughs> Hopefully. Goddamn. Well, with the way the world is going, I wouldn't be surprised if some, uh, some sort of zombie apocalypse happens. Lord. But, yeah, I... I am super glad that we covered this movie because I know that it is a movie that both of us love so much. And I'm glad that we got to gush about it for like an hour. Oh, yes. And one of the things I wanted to say is that 
this is obviously the first in the Cornetto trilogy and one of the scenes um, that happens in Storm of the Dead with the fences when they're trying to like climb over the fences mm-hmm. is kind of a standing joke in yeah. the Cornetto trilogy. So Hot Fuzz, they have a fence scene. World's End, they have a fence scene. So it's just an out, an outstanding gag. So did you know how it got called the Cornetto trilogy? Um... I think it's because they have some sort of different flavor of Cornetto in each film. So there was an interviewer after Hot Fuzz that um, pointed out to Edgar Wright that in both of those movies that there were Cornettos in him. And so then he was like, fuck it. That's what it's called. And so he made a third film with them, which I think is amazing because apparently that was that's like his hangover cure if he's hungover he eats some ice cream which i love that for him cornettos if you don't have them over in america they are just a staple over here so i don't think that we have like the brand cornettos but like we have ice creams like that so yes they're super good but you need to actually try the brand Cornetto. Okay, well, when I'm over sure. there, you better get me one. Oh, bestie, you know it. <laughs> Thank you, that makes me so happy. <laughs> well, it won't be too long before you come visit with the way America's going. Oh, God, yeah. I have already told V if I if this country gets any shittier, I know where I'm going. To me, baby. <laughs> to me. Even I... though the UK isn't as the greatest at the moment. We have our own issues, but hey, at least we got gun control. Yeah, and rights um, for your own body, so, you know. For now. That's a win. For now. That's a win in my book. V, did you have any more fun facts for this episode? Part of this film was inspired by a real um, experience Edgar Wright had. Um, Edgar somehow managed to miss the entire foot and mouth disease outbreak in the UK in 2001. He didn't check in on the news for a couple of weeks and this was before social media was a thing and was unaware of what had been happening. One day he turned on the news and was baffled by what he was seeing. This led him to consider the possibility of characters who didn't know the world was ending. Hence, Sean and Ed not realising a zombie invasion had happened. I love that. That's amazing. I wish that I just could not pay attention for the news for, like, a couple days or weeks. Yeah. Well, like, like it said, it was before the the day of social media where news is so easily accessible to us. Yeah. The way to get your news was either from a newspaper or news channels. Man, what a life. What a life that oh, would no. be, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, only two artists gave the thumbs up to their album covers being shown. Oh, shit. Um, memorably, Sean and Ed Ward of Zombies by throwing some LPs at them. They list many artists, but they only, um, only get two artists to side off allowing their actual albums to be shown. One was the British New Wave brand, um, band New Order. The other, the smooth operator herself, Shade. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love that. 
<laughs> had they had these artists known how much money and how big of a film this ended up being, I'm sure that a lot more people would have allowed them to use that. But that's really interesting. Damn, I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. go back and and watch that and see if I can catch that. That's damn. Um, another song got a boost from the movie. In another big move, uh, moment from the movie, Sean, Liz, and Ed are beating a zombie to the tune of Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. Yes. Much like Wayne's World and Bohemian Rhapsody, this was a big film for um, the Queen classic. The song saw a significant increase in popularity in the wake of Shaun of the Dead being released. That's amazing, and I love that. Can somebody make a movie that features Radio Gaga, please? I would love for that song to get the credit that it deserves. (laughs) Honestly, there are so many underrated Queen songs. Oh my god, don't get me started. Uh, (sighs) You know my love for Freddie Mercury. (laughs) I know, honestly. he, Even though he's not British-born... He's definitely an iconic British legend to us in the UK. Yeah, he's we amazing. We adore him. We love him. Um, and may he rest in forever peace yes. with all the amazing work he did. Yes, and all his little cats that have crossed oh, over. Well, just like Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, an absolute legend like they will go down in British history I know but I have a question for you because you watched an Edgar Wright film this week as well you didn't watch Shaun of the Dead you watched The Last Night in Soho yes and I wanted to discuss it a little bit with you at the end of this episode did you like it I I did indeed i enjoy edgar wright's work in general like one of my favorite films by him is scott pilgrim versus the world i mean the choice of music the cinematography the writing it was all so good and in last night in soho you definitely can tell it is an edgar wright movie yeah i really enjoyed it i watched it i think earlier this year And I had been dying for you to watch it because I thought that it was just so visually stunning. And I did really like the story of it. I thought that it was pretty unique. And I thought that his direction was really good in it. So I'm glad that you finally got to watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, And I know there's like a number of people out there that didn't really enjoy this film. And, you know, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But... I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially um, Anya Taylor-Joy's um, rendition. Oh, my God. Of a, of a classic song. A absolute banger. Yeah, she was brilliant in that movie and absolutely stunning. The costuming in that alone was just, like, enough to get somebody to watch the movie. She was an absolute joy in that movie. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, I personally really liked it. Now, like you said, I know that some people weren't huge fans of it, but that's okay. I'll forgive you for that. But if anyone ever told me that they didn't like Shaun of the Dead, I'd be like, sorry, you can't talk to me anymore. You're done. Uh, Yeah, I would just be like, what are you doing? there There is zero things wrong with that film. 
you cannot find any faults in Shaun of the Dead. It's so good. It's so good. Like any of the Cornetto trilogy, Hot Fuzz, World's End, and um, Shaun of the Dead, there are zero, zero faults in my eyes for these three films. And I think that mainly because um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is just (laughs) amazing. Yes, but. absolutely. So thank you guys for listening to us, like, just completely gush over this movie for the past hour. Um, if you want to join our conversation, you can find us on social media. And and let us know if we're right. Like, do you picture me as Sean and V as Ed? Or would it be the other way around? It, I, it's definitely You say that. it's the other way around. You have to give a very extensive list to why it's the other way around. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Pod. Is it Pod or Podcast? Pod. Okay, yeah, I get them confused. Twitter, Horror Huns Pod, and Instagram at Horror Huns Podcast. Join the conversation, and if there is an Edgar Wright horror film or a zombie movie that you want us to talk about in the future, let us know. We'd love to hear what you guys um, want us to talk about. Sometimes V will throw some polls up there, and um, you get to vote on what we'll be talking about in an upcoming episode. Yes, because I just recently did one for an episode that I'm planning on doing as I am a massive lover of video games and there's a whole heap of horror video games out there and there's a newly released one called The Quarry which um, I will be planning on doing an episode for. And I will be watching watch-alongs um and just listening to V um give me some fun facts about um the quarry which they show a trailer for at the beginning of the black phone and it looks very good it made me extremely excited i turned to val and i was like this is the this is the thing we're going to do the episode on i'm very excited so yes that's going to yes. be a fun one for sure so keep y'all's eyes peeled on that um, and go check us out on social medias and share this with your friends if you like listening to um, two besties talk about horror yes yes queen yes queen V do you have any final thoughts for today um just that I love Simon Pegg I love Nick Frost I love Edgar Wright they're they're just legends and they need to do some more films together I need more of them absolutely and before we go V I need to tell you something you've got some red on you (gasps) dun dun dun